Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I'm joined by Rachel Freeman, Chief Operating Officer of CityCare, a local nonprofit dedicated to serving and advocating for those in our community who often get overlooked. Rachel is here to talk about CityCare's newly released video series that answers some tough questions about childhood trauma, the criminal justice system, homelessness, and substance abuse disorder. Rachel, thanks for being here to help us tackle these tough topics. I am so pleased to be here. Thanks, Erin, for having me. First, Rachel, will you tell us more about CityCare's mission, your programs, and the people you serve? Sure, yeah. Um, CityCare has been around for 25 years, and it is our mission to inspire those willing to look social injustice and extreme poverty in the face and empower them to do whatever it takes to create change. And I think what you'll hear in that mission statement is um, uh, there's like a subtle difference in our mission statement and, and others. And it's that we truly believe that social ills are a community issue and they deserve a community response. So what we hope to provide is an on-ramp um, to engage with these um, community issues as you know, informal um, citizens um, not subject matter experts, but how can you engage in them in a way um, that truly contributes to the flourishing of our city? That's so meaningful. And I think that's so empowering for people to hear that, that they get to play a part in making this community um, even better. Uh, we live in a great community, but obviously there are, there are lots of things that we could be doing better. And one of the primary reasons your team wanted to put together these FAQ type videos is really to debunk some of the myths about poverty and those in our community who are plagued by it. By looking at social injustice and the effects of poverty, you hope to empower people to create change. So will you tell us more about the original inspiration to create these videos and how you landed on a video series as the most effective way to share this message? Yeah. You know, we spend a lot of our time in direct services. Um, we have three programs. One is um, a, a literacy-focused mentorship program for children. One is permanent supportive housing um, for individuals and families transitioning out of homelessness. Um, and then the other is homeless services. We actually open Oklahoma City's only low barrier night shelter um, next week, Tuesday, the doors open. Um, so what we found in doing this work um, is that often people are interested in what we're doing and they want to engage. And we kept seeing themes of questions um, around how do people get into these um, circumstances? What does it take to get out and how can I engage? And honestly, um, when we thought about how to best present this to the city, COVID really informed that. You know, um, we aren't doing lunch and learns anymore. We aren't getting big groups of people together anymore for events. So we thought this was um, the best that we could do in, you know, in uh, our city right now for what's going on. And um, we're really pleased with how they turned out. They are, they're such compelling videos. And uh, at the end of this conversation, we'll give people more information about how to go listen and watch those. And today we really wanna talk through some of these issues you dive into in the videos to empower parents to have conversations about these topics with their kids in developmentally appropriate ways. So first let's talk about homelessness. 
How can we talk to our kids about those who are experiencing homelessness in the community and debunk some of those common myths? Yeah, um, you know, I think I'm a mom of five. Um, and so I have personal experience with um, these conversations. And I think the first thing to lead with is that um, they are people first. You know, they're not, um, they're not um, statistics, they're not conditions or disorders, they're individuals. Um, and poverty and homelessness, they're so intertwined and so complex um, that it's probably not a one and done conversation, right? It's something that you guys um, as families will be engaging in over the long haul. Um, and I think the the key thing that I want my kids and, and our community at large um, to understand is that in order to make inroads on something like this, um, we can we have to resist the urge to two things, other, that which we aren't familiar, um, and make assumptions about why or how they got there. But then also, I think the other thing that we do as a community is we assume the nonprofits got it, right? Um, and so it becomes messy and sometimes awkward and you don't know how this conversation's gonna go and what if I engage and it, you know, like doesn't go well. All those things play a role in when we choose to interact with someone or not. But what leads to homelessness, and I, I hope this doesn't sound oversimplified, but it's relational poverty. So running out of money and running out of shelter is, is definitely uh, symptomatic, but at the core issue is relational poverty. So what I would want um, families to start talking about and, and getting comfortable with is having conversations with individuals um, that they see. Um, who are in need and learning names and learning stories because when when catastrophic loss intersects with relational poverty someone becomes homeless that's what happens I love that you mentioned having ongoing conversations and you're right whether it's with our children or with other adults in our circles or around the community all of these issues are things that we should be talking about on an ongoing basis um, I have three kids and my oldest son, who is seven, is very passionate, has always been very passionate about finding ways to help the homeless population. Mm -hmm. And I think this topic is one that often resonates with children um, and one in which they really can help make a difference in some tangible ways. Uh, so what are some ways our families can help those who are experiencing homelessness in our community? Yeah. Um, you know, I, my, my mind goes back to all of the times that my kids have been in the car with me that we just veer off, right? We're just like willing to stop and, and do whatever needs to be done in that moment. And, you know, um, as a parent, that takes a fair amount of discipline to leave enough margin in your day that you're able to, one, see, and then to respond to need as they come up. Um, so, you know, there's some very practical things that you can do, like keeping blankets and sleeping bags in your car, right? Knowing the resources that your community has to offer. And when you engage with someone, you can share that. You can share that information, you know? So where is the nearest, um, you know, shelter? So if it's, if the weather's bad and you need to get someone into shelter, knowing even where those are is helpful. Um, city care, 
helped with some resource guides that downtown OKC partners put together a few years ago. And it's this great little pocket card that you can just keep in your car and know who to call when and for what. So that's very, very practical. But I'll tell you, when I talk with my friends who have had this experience with homelessness, um, one of my sweet friends, she's a mom of two, and she lived in Oklahoma City unsheltered for six years, mm -hmm. six years before, you know, the, the safety net of resources um, was available to her. And that's just the reality. So it's, you know, something that we as community can can tell ourselves and it's a, it's like a it's protection it's well if they wanted help they could get help right that's an easy thing to say and then we can excuse ourselves and quit thinking about it but that's really not reality um so one thing that she told me about her time living on the streets in oklahoma city you know in intersections that you and i pass through every single day um is that she lost her confidence in her humanity. She felt invisible. No one saw her anymore. And so that's a thing that a seven-year-old can do, right? They can exercise that empathy muscle and they can look someone in the eyes and they can say hello. And you would not believe the impact that that has on individuals who maybe haven't, you know, been um, seen in a really, really long time. That's so powerful, and and you're absolutely right. I think oftentimes children are better about that very thing than adults oh, are. So, my gosh, Aaron, yes, <laughs> we have yeah. a lot to learn from the little people in our lives. So, criminal justice can feel like a difficult topic to broach with anyone, let alone to explain or have conversations with our kids about. Uh, one of the topics your video covers on, on criminal justice is why it's difficult for people exiting the criminal justice system to assimilate back into society. So this specific issue, how can we talk about this with our kids and why is this something that we need to care about as a community? We have to care about this as a community because even if we aren't personally dealing with, you know, um, this isn't our personal experience or, or one of our loved ones, it affects communities and it affects generations. So what incarceration does to families is it pulls them apart, it buries them into poverty. Um, if you're a, you know, tax paying member of society, it affects um, your money and how that is spent. And um, so I think we have to care because a city can't flourish until we all flourish. And that's just the bottom line. And if somebody goes into um, the criminal justice system and they're coming out and they are oftentimes under-resourced and ill-equipped for life assimilated back into the community. And if you think about it, like it's like an onion, <laughs> you know? Um, so the first layer is that behavior, right? That behavior that we've deemed as criminal and sent them to, um, you know, sent them to jail or to prison in the first place. So you peel that back, okay, so you understand that. And then you have to look deeper at um, what would cause a person to engage in that behavior. And oftentimes, um, you will see things like low academic achievement, uh, substance use disorder, unmanaged mental health, um, 
you know, generations of family trauma. Those things um, affect a person for the rest of their life, whether they intend for them to or not. And so I think, you know, with, with small children, the thing to um, suggest and help them contemplate is that not every family unit um, is like our family units, right? And what would it feel like to, you know, bounce around from foster home to foster home and never have, you know, possessions that are your own? Or think about having, you know, some chronic medical problem um, that prohibits you from learning or prohibits you from working. How would that affect you? And so I think the key is curiosity and compassion. And if you can instill those um, two characteristics into your kid, I think that they can start thinking critically about these issues as they grow and, and come to a compassionate and solutions-oriented um, sort of frame of mind. That's such great perspective. And I love what you said about even asking your kids, what, what do you think could have happened to create that behavior for that individual and talking through that together as a family that that's really meaningful and helps engage kids in, in, like you said, thinking critically and, and maybe even some problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of childhood trauma, we know those instances have been magnified by the pandemic we have been living through. Uh, first, will you define childhood trauma for us? Yeah, I will. So childhood trauma is a serious adverse childhood experience. And that could look like many things. Um, it could look like um, a serious illness. It could look like neglect or abuse. Um, it could look like um, abandonment. Um, it could look like mom didn't get proper prenatal care. Um, you know, so some of these things, um, this is interesting because this childhood trauma affects my family. Um, we are an adoptive family and, and the first question I always get is, well, how long have they, have they been with you? Right. Um, because there's this, there's not an understanding around, um, how and when childhood trauma happens and then how it manifests right? So sometimes it's in utero. Sometimes a baby experiences trauma before they're ever born. And then your body has this, you know, physical and physiological response to that. So it doesn't matter if you're prelingual or you've been in a good stable place, you know, for years. Um, your body, that book, The Body Keeps Score, is just an excellent example of that your body remembers and reacts in ways to trauma that are often um, out of your control, yeah. So how do we as adults become more trauma-informed? How can we help support kids in our life who've undergone trauma? And then how do we, in talking with our own kids, help instill a trauma-informed mentality for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, again, I go back to compassion and curiosity. Um, and I think, you know, when we, when we start to make assumptions or, you know, we see someone, maybe we see a, a, a peer at school who doesn't behave in the way that we think they should, or maybe 
they get in trouble a lot or they sleep in class, right? Um, instead of, so that first reaction to other, because that protects us from that event, right? We think, well, at least I'm not fill in the blank, X, Y, Z. I could never get there because that, that experience is so scary that, that we just hold it at arm's length. Instead of doing that, I think getting curious and asking questions and extending friendship to the outliers. That's something that my kids and I talk about all the time. Who needs a friend today? And how, how could you extend friendship to that person today? How can you watch out for them and be inclusive? Um, I think that would be really key. And then also for parents, just recognizing and, and even like, you know, the extras, right, that are coming through your house, not only yours, because I truly feel like um, our community's kids, they're all mine. And I really do believe that. I really do believe that, that when we all flourish is when we can say, yeah, Oklahoma City is a big league city. Yes, we're having a renaissance, right, for everyone, not just some of the people. Um, so recognizing those response that fight, flight, freeze, or appease, when you see that response or reaction and, and it doesn't seem to fit, you know, the experience, getting curious and, and asking questions or just being willing to sit in that, sit in that with them, right? Even if you don't have the answers, that's something we do in our household with um, some of our sweet ones is, you know, sometimes I don't have have the answer because I understand that what your body is feeling doesn't make sense, but I'm willing to sit here with you until it passes and it will pass. Such good perspective. Um, we've been doing a lot of asking questions in our household, especially this year as my kids, you know, will come home and say, well, so-and-so has been getting in trouble at school or so-and-so had this happen. And so we sit down and say, what do you think could be going on? And have you thought through that it's not, you know, it's not just the getting in trouble is, and is there something you could do to help that child feel more included or to have a friend? Um, so again, that curiosity and asking those questions, um, kids are better at that than we are again, um, but sometimes it just takes us to inspire that thought process mm -hmm. in them. Um, one of the things I was really struck by as I was watching these videos City Care produced is that in addition to educating community members, you're really inspiring empathy for issues and for people who may be undergoing different experiences than those who are watching them. And as a mom, instilling in my kids that willingness to listen and learn, to ask those questions, and then to help them develop that empathy, empathy are some of my biggest priorities. So how do you hope that families will use these videos to start those conversations and hopefully inspire them to get engaged in the community? Erin, when I saw that question that you wrote, I was so happy. It was like, bingo, that's it. That's exactly it. Um, that is truly our goal. We do not believe that City Care can solve these enormous social ills on our own. We're a tiny team, you know, less than 30 employees. Uh, we can't do that. Um, we aren't everywhere at all times, right? But if, if the community at large would get comfortable um, engaging with people that they don't know or they don't understand readily, 
um, right off the bat, if, if we can just sit down and learn stories and learn names, um, then what we're doing is closing the gap on that relational poverty that you and I talked about a minute ago. Um, and I think one of the videos references this, but if you think about what would it take for me or you to become homeless, it would take a lot, right? It would take a lot of burned bridges, people to forget our phone numbers, right? Um, it'd take a lot of, of, a lot of um, traumatic and, and sort of detrimental experiences to where we got to a place where there was literally no one else to pick up the phone when we called them. And um, the reality is, is that not everyone has that same familial experience or community experience. Um, I talk to people all the time that, you know, um, one gentleman comes to mind, he was incarcerated, uh, was coming back into the community and supposed to be moving in with his son. He was so excited, they had it all figured out. And tragically, his son was killed in a car accident right before he was released. And so when he was released, that was his only connection to the community and only family left. And so he was released to the streets. That's, that's how we encountered him. Um, and so I think there's an assumption when you're a little one and you have, you know, a healthy environment that you're growing up in that everyone has that. And so I think that's the place to start, that not everybody has that same support um, and not everyone grows up with people around them that are willing and able to help them. Um, there's this idea that we get where we are because we deserve it or we earned it. And I would challenge um, that thought and say, we get to where we are because of the people in our lives. Um, and I've experienced this personally. Um, I have in my life, all of the risk factors um, of every single whiz kids that we serve. So single guardian home, incarcerated parent, low academic achievement, intergenerationally, poverty, all those things. So all those statistics in my life said Rachel shouldn't have graduated college. She has, um, you know, a good shot of being incarcerated herself. Um, she should have been an early parent, right? Like all those things, all those, all those things, those things. But what I, had, I had was margin. Margin. I had, I had church members, community members who were invested in my success. And so for parents who are raising little ones and, and your house is stable and good, just keep an eye open for who's coming in and out of your house and who might need an extra hug or some encouragement. Um, because I can tell you in my life that made all of the difference and is why I am where I am today. Thank you so much for sharing that, Rachel. That's really, um, I think, inspirational for parents to hear um, that we, we truly can make a difference in the people around us and, and we can bring our kids along on that journey too. I know my kids often inspire me to get out of my comfort zone and, and to look at issues in our community and how we can help serve those as a family. So um, I would say my kids are, are the leading force in my household 
for, for looking for those opportunities to ask those questions and to serve. Thank you for your time today, Rachel. Thank you for the impactful work you're doing in our community for creating this video series to help us all become better informed. For our listeners, you can find links to CityCare's video series at metrofamilymagazine.com or find those videos and learn more about CityCare at citycareokc.org. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.